Hello, this is uh, Jeff and John. We're on the other side of the pulpit. Uh, we, uh, J- J- John's a preacher's kid, and I'm a preacher with kids, and we get together and we talk about the Bible, try to dig, dig deep into the Word of God. We also try to make it, uh, try to bring it around to to how to understand it rather how even though it was written years and years and years ago, how it's still relevant in our life today, and how it doesn't change how we need to change to fit the Bible. Uh, we try to um, talk about current events, so if you're politically correct, you will be offended by this podcast. Absolutely. If you're not politically correct, that's great too. And if you are offended, we'd like to hear from you because um, you can email us at um, other side of the, other side of pulpit uh, at yahoo.com. You can email us, and we'll be glad to listen to you and discuss it with you in length because we we rather be God correct and biblically correct than politically correct. Um, so we love we love God and we love people, and we want to bring people closer to God um, because God's already waiting for people to get closer. All right, the gurgling you hear in the background is a coffee maker because John's making coffee. He knows how we are. We he likes it and I like it. So we're going to get started with prayer and then we're going to dive deep into the Word. Uh, Dear Lord, Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day you've given us. Father, thank you so much for all your many blessings you've given us. Lord, we ask you to bless anyone who takes the time out of their day to listen to this podcast. Lord, that that, um, that they'll gain some some uh, desire to, to learn more about you. They'll gain uh, some knowledge, Lord, to draw closer to you. And Father, they'll they'll uh, they'll take one step forward to loving you more. And to, and to grow in their faith. Father, we ask you to do the same to, for John and myself, Lord, that we will grow stronger as we discuss your word. Lord, we ask it all in your son's holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, John, we're talking about unification, being unified as one and all that. And, uh, and so uh, I still got coffee. But um, I may get some in a minute when I finish this. But anyway, you were talking about Unification, being unified. How how can we unify? How can we be united together? What what can we do? That was our last podcast. So if somebody missed that, we and we're not going to take time to sit down and and, and rehash that. But uh, what uh, where are we starting today, John? Well, it it, it kind of all goes back to the uh, the passage in Ephesians six twelve uh, that says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against basically what it's talking about is everything that's going on in our society today, everything that, that happens is a spiritual warfare. Yes. And the adversary, first off, the adversary wants to get Christians fighting against other Christians. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if he can divide the house, then he can take over the whole apartment complex. Right. He can get the whole neighborhood. Yes. If he can get the neighborhood, he can get the, the county. If he can get the county, he can get the state. Yes. And that's his whole purpose is to defeat and destroy, number one, individual Christians' testimonies. Mm-hmm. Number two, he wants to destroy the family, which is a unit that was designated by God. Yes. And if, if he doesn't want, and, and not only destroy it, but if he can pervert it, mm-hmm. then he's done the same thing as destroying it. Yes. Anything he can do against God to change the way that God put things down. And, and this is one thing that you're talking about there. We're fighting a spiritual warfare. It's not about race or creed or color or, or national origin or anything along that line. It's a spiritual warfare. Right. And it's set out to divide 
and to confuse and confound and, and corrupt. That's right. And, and see, we, we see that a lot too. We see Paul having to deal with that to Corinthians. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get into the third chapter, what does he say? He's telling them he can't talk to them as, spiritual, as, as, as adult, spiritual, mature believers. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they got saved and that's where they stopped. That's right. They didn't grow. They're carnal. Mm-hmm. Now, carnal is a whole lot different than being natural. Yes. Carnal, you have an awareness. Carnal, mm-hmm. you, 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 you do know that there's something better. Carnal, you know that there is somebody that created you, mm-hmm. that's redeemed you. But yet at the same time, you're still living with that mindset because you haven't submitted completely to what God says. In James chapter 2, I believe it's chapter, it's one, chapter 1 or chapter 2, and I can't remember the exact verse, So, uh, but, but it says, uh, you believe there is one God, you do well. The, the demons mm-hmm. believe and tremble. Mm-hmm. So you can be carnal and, and know that there's a God, but Absolutely. not have the love of God in your heart and not respect God as your Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if, if that's the case, then you're still going to be wondering where it is. And, and, and people say they want to try God. John, they don't, they don't, they don't, you don't try God. You give Him all of yourself to do with as he pleases. Oh, man, just... How do you try God? And that's the problem with uh, and, and 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 that goes back to exactly what you were just saying. If you take um if you take pick the devil trying to infiltrate something and then he's got somebody that wants to try God, well then or or they believe there's a God but they don't put God as their Lord and Savior. They've never given him all of themselves, then he's got a foothold on them. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the same thing you're talking about in Hebrews back here? Yes. Uh, I believe it's either chapter 6 or chapter 10 where it says that that these Jewish people had come and they had tasted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of difference between tasting and actually eating. Yes. If you taste something, you know, you you just, you don't get any nourishment out of a taste. I've tasted sushi twice, but I've never eaten sushi. There's a difference. I've had a bite and I didn't like it. I threw it out. Uh, and the next time I said, well, let me try it from a different restaurant. I had a bite. I took it and I didn't like it. There is absolutely a difference between having a test. Absolutely. And... Now, how, how many times did you watch your mother when she was cooking something for you and your brother? How many times did you watch her dip that spoon in that whatever it was and taste it? Mm-hmm. She didn't eat it. She tasted she it. She tasted it. Yes. Now, um, why did she do that? She did. She did that because she wanted to make certain that the meal itself that was given for nourishment Mm-hmm. Well, correct. when I worked at Chick-fil-A, we would, uh, if business was slow, which Chick-fil-A's never been slow, <laughs> but periodically they take it, they take the chicken and they cut up a chicken and, uh, take it out there with toothpicks in it and have a sample out there. Have a sample. Now the guy that, whose mama worked, uh, like two stores over, he would come down and he'd get two samples cause you can only get two at a time. Mm-hmm. He'd get two. And then a few minutes later, when she came back out, he'd get two more, and he'd mm-hmm. get two more, and he'd go for 15 cents, he could buy him a bun, and he'd make a Chick-fil-A sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile, back at the ranch, oh, there's a difference. They were, Chick-fil-A would send those people out there to, test, to, to taste that so they'd get a taste in their mouth so that they would come and eat a meal there. Oh. And the intention was not for that to be a meal. That's kind of like the people that go to Sam's on Friday night. Get, that's their Friday night adventure. You know, they're yes. eating out. They go to Sam's. Why? Because yeah, they, they got all simples. these people around with these little cheese samples. Yes. And yeah. 
you can make. Uh, you can make and a that's, whole meal. But you know what? That's what a lot of people in our churches that's, are doing right now, John. They're sampling a little bit here and a little bit there. Come to church at periodically. They'll they'll read just enough of the Bible to say that they've read the Bible this year. Uh, you know. Well, not only that, Jeff, but you got people coming sitting in church now that that's what they're, they're coming. Okay, I've done my my, my penance for the my week. due diligence. I've yes. done my diligence. I've done yes. my duty for the week. You know, I honored God. Mm-hmm. You know, Sunday. Yep. And and then I'm good for the rest of the week. Well, that's not the case. Exactly. And see, that's what Paul's talking about to to these. That that would be a carnal Christian. Yes. Why? Because they've not completely surrendered themselves into into what God's right. given us to do. Uh, and Paul's talking about that in the, in the third chapter. In, in what does he tell? This is this. We're talking about unity here, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Listen to listen to what Paul says. Oh, and you bothered me last week, by the way. I'm sure I did. No, you took notes. <laughs> I had to write down stuff so I could remember to post it on here. I, That's what it is. Oh, and we have a we have a Facebook page too. Like us on Facebook. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I was taking notes because you have to write stuff down on here for the podcast, John. Okay, all right. So I, I, I wasn't because... taking notes because you were just so intelligent that no, I had to I, learn no, something. No, I know better than that. <laughs> usually, usually, usually when I start saying stuff, people start taking notes. It's like, okay, what are they going to beat me with later? They're, they're, <laughs> I get that a lot. No, I had to I had to tell you, I had to write something down while I was thinking about yeah, it. You know, I forget. Yeah, go ahead. Right, go well, ahead. Anyway, read, right. read, read, your, read your scripture. <laughs> all right. Chapter 3, verse 3 says, For you are still carnal. For... Mm-hmm. What is he talking about right here? He's talking about division in the church. Yeah. He's talking about division among Christians. Yes. Why? Number one, because we're not mature. That's right. Why? Because we don't study God's Word. That's right. right? Then, you go on to, then he goes on to list his stuff. Uh, for you're still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, divisions among you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you not carnal, behaving like mere men? All right, for one, one of us says, Okay, can I put denominations in here? You want me to? You can. Okay. For when one says I'm an Episcopal, another says I'm a Baptist, another says I'm a Methodist, then mm. what are you doing? You're dividing the Word of God. That's right. You're separating it out into, into groups. Uh, it's it's just. I tell people. I literally tell people, John. They go. I go. I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. And I preach at a Baptist church. And the reason why is because the Scripture means more than a denomination. The Scripture means more than a denomination. And every, I don't care if you're Methodist, Absolutely. Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, uh, Church of Christ, Church of God. Uh, and all, now you start getting into Mormonism and Catholicism. That's a whole different. That's that's a whole different breed. We're we're, but, we're talking about divisions in the church and divisions not not only along those lines, but along racial lines. Yes. Yeah. See, that's 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 what society is focused. And, and Jeff, look, it hurts me. It hurts me to run across somebody and start start trying to find the, the door to come in to witness to those people. Mm-hmm. And you find out that they've had a history mm-hmm. in church. Yeah. And they've walked away from it. Why? Because they went in and they tasted. Mm-hmm. And what they tasted did not taste good to them. That's right. Why didn't it taste good? Because there's envy and strife and division. And everybody's, well, you know, we got to beat the Methodists down to Golden Corral today. You know, we'll hurry up and get out of service. Uh, it's, not about, it's not about beating the Methodists to Malayers and Newton. That's right. 
It's about studying God's Word, learning of God's Word, and realizing that what we've got here is a life that we've got to live or we need to live or God's given us to live mm-hmm. according to His Word. He's made us one nation. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even got to adoption yet. That's right. <laughs> of course, and I was reading this morning. To, I'm, you know, we, right. we're, we're probably going to kind of sort of butt heads on some of this stuff. At some that's point. all right. But that's okay. That's how we work things out. That's right. Oh, that's how we come to understand. And, and Jeff, it bothers me because people you talk to, they don't want anything to do with church. Why? Because of the, of the bitter taste that church is left in their mouth. I've always I'm said if we... I'm talking Christianity. I'm talking church. I, I've always said if we if we bulldoze this church building because it's a traditional um, white building with a with a steeple on top and it and looks... And a sign out front. And a sign out front. But if we bulldoze this building down and put us up um, steel beams and, and, a, and, a, and all that and had a... a more built, just an office building look setting with no steeple on it. New people, people would come to the church that have not come to the church because it would take away the old stigma of the church yeah. and how how people were treated in the church. Now, some of that being mistreated in the church was because you're coming into the church and the church is telling you. The the scripture tells you that the the riotous living you're living is wrong, yeah. and you take offense to that, and you blame the church yeah. and the people in the church. Yeah. Some of that has a lot to do, and some of it has to do with some of the people in the church who actually said, you know, instead of welcoming you in and loving you, see, I, look, there was a church, John. Let me run this. There was a church, and I was my wife was looking at the reviews on this church because my uh, daughter had visited the church. I may have said this on one of our podcasts before, but Stephanie was looking at the, at the reviews and one of the reviews said, um, said, I am a, the, the person on there on the review said, I am a lesbian that started attending this church and they welcomed me in just like I was anybody else. Um, they said they, they, they welcomed me to my to the Sunday school class and made me a part of the church as far as working and, 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 and being a part of the, the services and the extracurricular activities. And they, and they really cared and, and, and welcomed me in and said, so through all that, I wanted to receive, I wanted to be baptized. So when I, when I talked to somebody about being baptized, they sat me down and said, we cannot baptize you because of the lifestyle you're living. Though we love you and we want you to be a part of our church and our family, we don't want to give you false hope because if you're living a life of sin, which if yeah. being a if she was committing adultery, I would hope they would say the same thing. Oh, if she, and see, that's the problem. Therein lies the problem. See, I, if if and but the whole thing was they loved her all the way, and they and they still loved her. They just said that based on the scriptures that they have, based on the scriptures, they feel like that if they baptized her, they would give her a false sense of uh, of 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 a relationship with God that's going to get her to heaven when she is literally living a sinful lifestyle and not changing that sinful lifestyle. Which is what you see in society today. Right. But here's the thing. There was a time when when she would have walked in the church and the church would have shunned her because she was a lesbian. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
if you're a gay lesbian, if you're uh, committing adultery, please don't bring your girlfriend and your wife or your boyfriend and your husband at the same time. But we want you in the church. And the reason why we want you in the church is because we want you to repent. We want you to, 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 to make changes. Uh, and actually, to be honest with you, John, there was a time where there was a, somebody that was committing adultery that came to our church. And there was a, something that was going to go on, and the person was going to bring their significant other and their insignificant other. And it was cut off before it came time for that to happen because there was going to be a fight. And, and But you know what? You ready for this? We did not kick that person out of the church. We did not say, you can't be a part of this church. You know, we said, you can't. You can't do what you can't, you're doing. You can't do what you're doing is wrong. Okay. I, I taught that. I, <laughs> this is the coolest thing in the world. It wasn't that day and it wasn't even that year. It was several years later. That person's now a child of God, not committing adultery. Did, did you see the light going on my forehead? Yeah. This, this See, people, you're right. People in the, have looked and, and they look at the church and they go, there's a stigma with the church. Part of it is their own thing. If I read something one, somewhere that says that if an addict likes you, you're enabling him. But if an addict hates you, it's because you're trying to hate, help him. That's exactly well. The Bible and the Bible's the same. The Bible's the same yeah, way the Bible's the, yes. And so I feel like sometimes the church building and people get a bad rap for loving someone that's doing wrong and not accepting their lifestyle even though they're being accepted. Well, isn't that what Paul's talking yeah. about right here? There's divisions among you. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, Jeff, What you know why I walked away from church? I, I mean, I, I didn't just walk. I, I turned around and I ran like my britches was on fire. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because I saw two separate lifestyles being lived by the leaderships of the churches in yes. most cases. Yep. You see, when, and look, when you're 19, 20 years old and you're in law enforcement, you get to see things that people do that most people don't get to see other people do. Now, see, I'm going to bring you back into something. I'm going to recall something you said to me back not long after we first met. I'm, for, I'm glad I forget things. Yeah, no, this, Go is, ahead. A, this Go ahead. is actually Go a good ahead. thing. And this, folks, for y'all that know, John's a preacher's kid, and I'm a preacher with kids, and he's done a lot of things and said a lot of things over Stupid the years. things. Yes, he has, but he said some things over the years that have helped me be a better dad to preacher kids, if that makes sense. Because see, there's when when you're when you're a living in the world, you're a, you're a fish in the ocean. When you become a a Christian, you're a fish among many fish in a fish tank, like up at the aquarium. But when you become a deacon or a pastor or, or, pastor or a missionary, you become a fish in a fish bowl, and just you and your family's in that fish bowl. And everybody's going to criticize exactly. everything you do. This is and why we call this the other side of the pulpit. Why? Because you got to realize, folks, there's a man on the other side of that pulpit, and that man is just as fallible and and, and just as mistake rid as anybody else in the congregation. Yes. One thing John said to me, and I've been, and I've, he said that um, his parents would discuss things that had happened in the church, and a lot of times they were they were not discussing it as in, uh, did you know what uh, 
Oh, it, Joe did and this and this, but it was more of having to deal with the situation where they would talk about stuff in front of the kids. And John said he got to see people smiling and shaking hands. Uh, and then behind their back, they're stabbing his dad in the back because he's a preacher. My kids don't know if there has ever been anybody stab me in the back because I have right. not told them about it. Right. And, um, and that's what I was referring to when you get yes. when you get in law enforcement at nineteen, you, twenty years old. You find out that things that you pull over deacons and you, preachers for DUIs with, and, with people that they're not supposed to be with. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and you find out that those stalwart, rock solid members that appear on Sunday morning in church as leaders of the church and Sunday school teachers are sitting out on the beach with somebody else's wife drinking beer. Yeah, but you also find that they make that everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. But here and here's the thing too, John. You're right. You see all that, but yet, but do we also see the the people who make mistakes and then they stand up and they look at the congregation and they or they look at the people and they go, "I made a mistake." And that takes backbone. It does. And how many times do you actually see that happening in a church? Very seldom, but it does happen. It does happen. There's a friend of mine who's a pastor who cheated on his wife, stopped cheating on his wife, stood up in front of the church. I've had, I've had a couple of different friends to do this and, and say, uh, I made a mistake. I'm going to have to turn in my resignation because my ministry here is done uh, and I need time to reconcile with my family. Mm-hmm. And they've done that. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen pastors and I've seen deacons and I've seen just good, godly men and women do that. And when they do that, you have the utmost respect for them because they're not, they're, people realize that they are, that everybody's the same. Mm-hmm. And see, it ta- see, a lot of times people, like you say, people don't realize that a pastor's a man too. Absolutely. I was with a youth group one time and there was a, there was a kid who's now not a kid anymore. He's a grown man. And he was, he, he was, me and him were, he were, we were just cutting up and all this kind of stuff. And, so his buddy's in the back seat, and he goes, I can't believe you're talking to the preacher that way. And we both started laughing. Because <laughs> it's, it's almost like when you become a pastor or when you become a leader, you are supposed to all just automatically transition into this super Christian. Yeah. Well, you know, and it, it wasn't even that we were doing anything illegal, life. immoral. or If Jesus would have been sitting there with us, he'd have been laughing with me and Blake because we were having a good time. We were not doing anything that Jesus would not have been a part of. But the fact that he was not treating me with this superhuman thing, that's our problem, John. Yeah. The reason why we're not unified is because we, it, we look at a pastor or a deacon as being above everybody else, and they're not. They're if not. you look in the Scripture, it says you must first prove yourself. The only difference between a deacon and a non-deacon Christian, both of them are Christians. Both of them should be doing the same thing. One of them has just been called to be a deacon and be the spiritual leader of a church, where the other one is not a deacon. I mean, the, the, as far as walking side by side, you shouldn't be able to tell the deacon from not a, not a deacon. Absolutely. If, if you could tell a difference between a man before he was a deacon, the day before he was ordained as a deacon and the day after, then he wasn't. He shouldn't have never been ordained as a deacon. Which which goes back to all this this legalism and all this legality and all this stuff that we're mm-hmm. okay. Okay, now you, you've come down front. You said this prayer. You signed mm-hmm. this. Card, and now guess what? Well, you got to cut your hair. 
You got to start wearing a suit to church on every Sunday. You got to start wearing deodorant. You can't be caught getting dirty out somewhere. Now, if you're not, if, you understand what I'm saying? If, if look, you got to start following all these rules, and you got to quit doing this, and you got to quit doing deodorant. That's a deal breaker for me. If I have to wear, it. <laughs> look, but you're right. That that's it. Why why should you have to do that? Why why do you have to change your physical appearance? before you change your heart You're, you need to you need to work on your heart and if your heart changes your physical appearance that's great that's great that that's an af, that's that's one of those things that God says that he's he has called us apart for good works mm-hmm. that's part of that good works is you realize that now you've been clean you've got you, you don't it's not that you've got to come up to a certain standard right but it's it's just that you've been given a new life a clean life an uplifting life another place or station in life that you come up to that you are allowed now to rise up to that point not that you have to work up to it absolutely you're right you got it's it's him that lifts you up he pulled you out of the mud he pulled you out of the mud the the sand is holding you back from having that life having that peace and and in your life he's gotten you gotten rid of you're still gonna. You still got to pay taxes. You still got to go to work. You still got to uh, go to the grocery store. You still got to pay for gas. You still got to vote. You still got. You still got to do all that stuff. But the difference is, you got God on your side. And in this time, this is this is 2021. We've had uh, for the last year. We've been talking about a virus, and it is still here. Yes, and and uh, it's been very controversial. A virus that that was that was bad was taken and politicized uh, for political gain, and then you've got uh, two different political parties, and there's there's division, and the and in, and and for four years, the uh, one political party sitting there and and just you know talking bad about uh, the president and 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 how they're not standing and everything. If he said up, they'd say down. Mm-hmm. If he said left, they'd say right. Simply because he was who, exactly. who he was and they hated him. And the day the new president comes into power, he goes, we're going to be united. But what he really wants is not to be united as a, as a nation, but he wants everybody to follow him. Mm-hmm. And that's the united. And so we're dealing with which, all that. Which goes right? back to emulations. He wants to win. Yes. But we're dealing with all that right now in our society um, and 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 we're we're dealing with with different types of of I'm trying to think of how to put it politely, but <laughs> of ignorance of people that, and then at the same time we're putting aside the Bible and we're following people are following the work, and it says that, I want to say it's in Timothy, First Timothy. I want to where people are they're they're looking to find what suits them. People having itching ears. Yes. Yes. They want to yeah. hear. They'll they'll, they'll change the channel to hear what they want to hear. They want to hear. And and don't get me wrong. I think the news media. You can tell that the, the media in this day and age they're putting their opinion in versus telling you the news. Exactly. They're telling you exactly. their opinion. They're they're. They're more gossip opinionators than they are news media. That's exactly um, right. And so, if they would just tell the news and let us figure it out for ourselves, but see, yeah. and that's why you've got a division. In, oh, I watch this news channel. I got I watch this news channel because there's a division in there. And as long as we're trying to seek what we want to hear and find what we want to hear, we're not going to read the Bible because it's not what we want to hear. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. People don't want to hear that. And we've been discussing this for all the and, and the division has been around and and it's getting farther divided. You know, we're having to check temperatures at our church. We're having to, we're supposed to be social distancing and we're trying to keep everybody in there. And some people like it. Some people want to whine about it. And I'm sitting there going, look, you can fuss about it all you want to fuss about it and whine about it all you want to whine about it, but we're having to do what we're having to do so we can have worship service. Mm-hmm. And and what really matters is not that, but it's the Scripture. That's right. Um, and see, that, that goes back to, and I come across this in, in Romans chapter 2. It, it just, when I read this, I began to realize that what we're talking about, about legalities and, and you know, mm-hmm. you got to cut your hair, you got to quit cussing, you got to, you know, you got to stop all it. Well, listen, if you've truly, really been born again, then what this says right here in, in, in chapter 2, what this says is God will lead you to repentance mm-hmm. when you realize His goodness mm-hmm. and what He's done for you. When you realize that and you realize what the adversary is out to destroy you and you realize the goodness of God that, that His Son came and died for you, then you're going to be led into that life That's to right. follow the rightness that He's laid out for us. Mm-hmm. It's love. It's, it's His love that pulls somebody out of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. It's His love that pulls somebody because they realize that the adversary is out to destroy them. Yep. And He's using their flesh and their own personal desires to do that with. That's exactly right. It, it goes right back to what we're talking about, about the deacons. Mm-hmm. One particular one I'm thinking about, He loved to drink. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, son, you talking about throwing down. I mean, we, we threw down some parties with that man. Mm-hmm. But he was a deacon. And when he began to realize that the goodness of God, he began to, to walk away from that because he began to realize what God had done for him. Why? Because he started getting into this and, and the Holy Spirit convicted him of his lifestyle. There's probably some people listening to this that's going to listen to this that's going to look at you and go, well, drinking ain't that bad. And I have to, I, I, let me just say, I ha- I, drinking will not get you to hell. However, drinking alcohol will control you and you'll become a slave to that alcohol. You may not be today, you may not be tomorrow. Now, if you're listening to this and you and you think that alcohol is okay and that you drinking is okay, that's fine. If you drink, take the next 30 days off. Don't drink another drop for 30 days and and see if after 30 days how you did. It's a thing of steps and degrees. Yes. Did did it change your life? Now I will tell you this, John. I have counseled thousands of people over the last twenty years. Okay, I've been I've been preaching for twenty two years. I've been in the, I've, I've actually been I've been a youth leader since nineteen ninety two, and uh, from ninety two to ninety eight, I became a pre. I started preaching in ninety eight. Started pastoring in 04. and all these years I've been I've been. Uh, Counseling people, and I've counseled thousands of people. And out of those thousands of people, there's been hundreds of them that have been that that I that I've been counseled that have alcohol issues. Mm-hmm. Okay, and out of those alcohol issues, you know, not one single one came to me and said, "You know, I wish they drink more." Oh, I know, I know. Workaholics, same way. They, I've had people say that alcohol's who's driving a wedge. Uh, that out. I mean, parents talking about kids, kids talking about parents, parents, uh, husbands talking about wives, wives talking about husbands, um, 
um, boyfriends talking about girlfriends, mm-hmm. um, brothers talking about brothers and sisters, and sisters talking about brothers and sisters. I mean, this is they've all been like, uh, if I, if I, I will, I'm going to have to pack up and leave, or I, they're going to have to do something because of alcohol or drugs. And so, let me just tell you, those folks out there that think, oh, alcohol's okay, I'll just go ahead and tell you. It will hold you, and it will hold you back from worshiping God, just like John was talking about that deacon. Let me give you an example. Okay, we got, go for we, got it. we got another minute. Go ahead, give us an example, John. Look, if I stick my hand in the bowl mm-hmm. that's got chocolate-covered peanut M and M's and eat one, I'll eat the whole bowl. I'll eat the whole. <laughs> I, I go, every time I go past that bowl, I'm gonna get me a handful. Mm-hmm. But if I don't ever start with that first one, I won't have a second. I won't have a second one. Absolutely. Does it take strength to resist the second one? Absolutely. It takes Does strength it take to strength resist the first one? Yes. Absolutely. But the more I walk by that bowl and, and keep my hand out of the bowl, the more I realize that I don't have to have those things. Mm-hmm. But I love them, Jeff. Don't bring a bag in the house. It's gone. Alcohol's the same way. Shopping's the same way. Uh, uh, Stuffing donuts in your face is the same way. That's absolute. It's the same way with, with affairs and, and, and going out with, with somebody that's not your mate. It's the same way. It's an addiction that the adversary, it's something that the adversary uses to pull you away from God and to pull you away from realizing that His goodness, the goodness of Him, has led you to a point of repentance to where you turn your back on this stuff because you want to. keeps you in the dark where you can't see your sin and you can't see other people's sins and other people can't see your sins and it keeps you separated and it keeps you all alone. But when you step into the light, John, when you allow it, then you start being unified because you don't care. You don't care about. Let me. Let me. I'm trying to word this the right way. You care about others, right? But you don't let the actions of others dictate how you feel about them. Right. 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 You love them because you love others. Well, we're out of time. Yes. Oh. Uh, so we're we're gonna cut this off right now, and I hope we didn't get too structured for you (laughs) (laughs) but we're going to go to the lord in prayer now and we hope you have a good week father thank you for this day and thank you for this podcast thank you for the fact that you're now beginning to open Mm -hmm. doors of technology to us and even somebody old and decrepit like me can learn how to use this stuff Mm -hmm. if he just will father help us to go through the week now as, as, as we go out to serve you and realize that your goodness it's what we need to realize. Mm-hmm. Your goodness has forgiven us. And mm-hmm. the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy that you have just lavished us with should be what we're focusing on and what we're looking at. Not people's color, not people's race, not people's uh, orientation or nationality, but look into you, the author and finisher of our faith. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.